0: We get wrapped up in these yards and in the statistic and how, what was it, how how far down you rank even when compared to D3 649
3: teams. out of 655
0: or right. 66, oh, D1, D2, the D3 The sky is teams. falling. You know, those are problems. Statistics, you know, bear out the the issue of your team. But the real issue is what? Wide receivers running wide open and missed tackles. You fix the tackling issue and you figure out whether it's zone or man, I don't know. I'm not qualified to say, hey, you need to be doing this versus this. But you got to quit having wide, just broken coverage, as we saw last week with Missouri State. Those are the issues. The stats are the byproduct of letting guys run wide open, and then you miss tackles when you get to them. Fix those two issues, you fix the statistical issue. So we need to be far more concerned about these wide receivers that just seem to have a 10-yard buffer around them, and then when we get to them, we can't bring them to the ground till they get 8 or 10 or 12 more yards after catch, and we have to gang tackle these guys. Those are the things that we need to be more concerned about. I hate the phrase tackle the catch, but we need to start tackling the catch, begin there, and then move up. Those are really the root of the problem that have created this statistical nightmare. I don't even want to, I almost called it an anomaly. It's not an anomaly. It's it's the byproduct of, of just poor play in technique and, and, and the way you're covering people. And that doesn't take the trained eye to see guys running wide open or miss tackles. That you know. So fix those two things. I think you fix this other problem. Jimbo
3: Fisher also thinks Arkansas secondary has been kind of unfairly criticized to this point.
0: Well, I think it's deceptive and I think it's part of their, they've been ahead in games. So you force the other teams to throw the ball a lot. You know I mean they're behind. So I think that's part of it too. When you've gotten leads, gotten ahead of people, so people are going to throw the ball more. And you may not be in as sometimes in aggressive mode as you're normally in to try to eat clock and do things. So I think numbers can be really good or if, if you understand, and sometimes they can be skewed or deceiving too. I mean, they're athletic in the secondary can make plays all over and they've got a good team. Chuck made this point the other day. That's ex- I mean, dead on from a football expert there. You know, Jim why are, Jim are really an expert? Well, <laughs> oh, he's getting paid ten million a year. So I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of uh, call that a lot, lot of dividends coming uh, out of that ten million yeah, 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 a year, I, right? I, I, I'll trade him. I, I, we can trade spots and checks. I mean, I'd be glad to do that. I'd be an Aggie for a little while. Um, South Carolina couldn't run the ball.
3: What they'd finish, they finished like forty yards. yards.
0: I mean, they couldn't run the ball. Well, if if Arkansas can't run the ball, what are we going to be seeing? Kendall Bras dial up pass plays. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go into a game and you can't, you know, it's you run it three times, and it's it's now fourth and 11. Well, you do that. You beat your head on that wall a few times. You're going to start throwing the ball. So, I mean, that's exactly what has happened is Arkansas's run defense in in moments has been so good. I mean, I think the South Carolina game is one of those mm-hmm. where you put them on the run, you force them to throw, uh, trying to find any kind of offense. I'm not sitting here trying to say Arkansas's world beaters in rushing defense, but they've been pretty good there. And the, and the pressure has... Has forced teams to do that, so I do think these numbers are they are what they are. But I think there's reasons why they are what they are. I would say two points off of that is one: your
3: assertion on the rushing defense is correct. Arkansas has been pretty good on that. Where's that statistic? So uh, I can tell you what it is in two seconds, but they have been good against the run this year. And you're not Alabama, and you're not Georgia defensively. You're just not going to be inside the top five, top ten total defense. That's just not who you are, and Rare is that ever going to happen here at Arkansas. The second point I would make is, while the first two games, that is correct and true, how teams were playing behind and having to pass on you, the third game was not. You got passed on the entire game. That's, I think, the issue that fans have this morning and had yesterday is it wasn't necessarily the first two games. They understand that, and they get that. Jimbo Fisher laid it out for you. But it was the it was the manner and the form of fashion in which, for the most part, Shelley was able to pass all over the game. Now the defense made plays when they had to in the fourth quarter, but it made the majority. Them with what? It with was pressure, but, but the, it it, it wasn't. The and it wasn't the secondary. It was that right. front line and linebackers. That's where people were like, okay, first two games we kind of get it, but the third game it gets an FCS opponent, regardless if it's Bobby Petrino or not. That's where people were like, okay. That excuse works for the first two games because you're up. It doesn't work for game three. That's where people have kind of flipped the script and be like, all right, first two games make sense. Third game, you can't use that excuse. You got to figure this
0: out. I agree, but at the same time, Arkansas has got to, A, get healthier in the secondary. You need mm-hmm. slusher back in a big way because Coach was talking about this yesterday in his visit with the media. You know, that guy can play both both safety positions. He can play the he can play both corner positions. He is a Swiss Army knife in the secondary for you. He can play nickel. He can play boundary safety. He can play field safety. He, just, you know, he, he listed them all. That's what slusher means to your secondary. You need him. They needed him last week. I, I don't know how much different is, is the outcome more relieving if you, if you have him last week. I think so. Secondly, you've got to clean up your own problems. That game and that situation, that perfect storm, where Missouri State was created in large part by Arkansas's inability in the first half to, to take care of ball security, take care of the football. You can't fumble it at the goal line into the end zone and give them the ball back at the 20. You can't have you know, essentially what's a drop pass, a deflection that ends up, in the, and that was a fluke play, but it happened. You can't keep giving away your possessions. You only get a dozen or so of those, and usually about 10 or so that matter. You end up with one at the end of a half where you're you know, basically, no time to do anything. Um, you know, so you end up about ten effective possessions in a ball game. You can't give three of them away, dude, with turnovers and and just stupid mm-hmm. stuff happening. You, you need to go score on at least half or half a dozen of those.
3: Text in from Zach and Paragol. Texas A&M has been running the same offense since nineteen fourteen. He uh, he thinks the pass rush is going to win it for Arkansas. Cajun thinks that Max Jones is the worst quarterback he played thus far. Through four games, I think that's a at least a fair point. I don't know if I'll agree with 100. percent It's not the worst team in terms of talent. Texas A&M has talent, we know that, but in terms of the quarterback, I could actually understand that. Now you asked the question, as did let's see Jason on Facebook. Where do we rank in rush yards per game? You want to take a stab at that? I got the stat rushing defense me. per game. Rushing defense per game.
0: Fiftieth, I, I, I'm your sixth, sixth in the country. Up giving stopped. up 68
3: sure. yards a game. Well, that that's sense. all you're giving up to this point in time. That's really good, y'all. That's really stinking good. Now, are they going to hold water by the end of the year after they play Alabama, after they play BYU, LSU, and some other really talented teams? They'll probably not be inside the top ten. That's okay. They'll probably drift outside at some point. But that's a pretty good, pretty good stat if you're Barry Odom and. Deke Adams and company.
0: Number one in the country in sacks, number one in the conference. Uh, number six in the uh, SEC in sacks allowed, 41st in the uh, country. And second in the conference, 17th nationally in tackles for loss. So, I mean, both sides of the ball doing doing all right. So you look at where, where sacks are at and where uh, tackles for loss are at, you're, you're at the top of the league and you're in the top 20 in the country, in both categories, you're going to lead the nation in sacks. So all of these numbers go together. And uh, Pulling up this shoe Yeah I mean It makes sense that you're, you're top uh, You're top in the league what 7th in the country And I've got 7th over here what you Did you say 7? In uh, Rush defense? It said 6 on college football okay. stats I'm just looking six, for the seven, game seven. Notes, Doesn't but, really matter yeah, Either Either way either 88 point, 80, uh, 88.3 yards a game So uh, So yeah. Some of these things don't But the problem is The totals still match What we need to see fixed Forget about yards. Forget about stats. Forget about, you know, 600th in the nation in passing yards. Forget all of that. What you need to see is fewer missed tackles and wide receivers not running wide open once or twice a game. That's what's... You fix those issues, you fix the statistical issue moving forward. You may not be able to do much about averages and be great in this, those categories down the road, but, you know... It's a little bit unusual because Barry Odom normally has some of these things fixed what you know he didn't just go to sleep and all the knowledge run out of his ear tells me he's got personnel problems he's got injury issues he's got to figure out some people that can meet the needs he's got to figure it out up front the first two levels he's got some some work to do um he knows what he's doing he's just got to find the right people to do the job.
3: Your best cover corner is the Jacksonville Jaguar from Ashdown, Arkansas. His name's Monteric Brown Busta. Five interceptions last year, either tied for first or tied for second. The SEC, you don't have a lockdown corner on this year's team. Buster was that. Buster, you could put him on someone, and at least for the most part, outside of maybe Mechie and Jameson Williams, he'd cover them. And when you look at this roster up and down, Odin would tell you this probably, he ain't going to tell you publicly. He'd say, We don't have a number one cover corner on this team that you are 100% sure of. You know, this guy will put him on their best wide receiver be okay. That's why this Anaya Smith matchup is so intriguing this week. While Max Johnson is not an incredible quarterback, there are some people like Randall that think he's going to throw for 400 yards, others that don't think he'll even reach 250. If Aniah Smith is breaking you down left and right, you don't even want to cover it. I know you can do it by committee and zone and bracket him and do several things, but that's going to be the guy to watch on Saturday because if he has a field day, then
0: that offense is going to look better than it actually is. Well, The defense's friend right now is that offense. They got to keep scoring. They got to keep moving. They keep keep running the ball. The, The byproduct of running the football does what for this defense, Ty? Keeps them off the field. Bingo. So time of possession, all the things, the rest that they need, the areas where depth's a problem, they get a little bit more rest. You don't want this offense to change the way it's going about its business too much because right now, you know, they're getting third downs. They're running the ball extremely well. Uh, let's see, in rushing offense, they are 10th in the country, second in the league right now, uh, 241 a game. That's what you want is a clock-eating, ball-controlling offense. That could be the best friend of this defense for the next few weeks till they get this figured out. And I think that's just who this offense is.
3: So we got to ask about Texas A&M's offensive line from George in Missouri. I have not been thoroughly impressed with them, to this point, George, really offensively overall, they're not. They don't jump off the page. If you've watched them against Appalachian State, if you've watched them against Miami, and I'm forgetting, I think it was Sam Houston State was the team they played in week number one. They have not been incredible that side of the football. Jimbo Fisher has yet to adapt since he's a ride in this league. Their quarterbacks have not been good. So that being said, I think Arkansas can take advantage of this offense and this offensive line, but I just don't see how this game is not within 10 points. This game is always, always, is. always yeah. close. I know A&M's favorite, they open up as two, two and a half point favorites in this one. This game will come down the wire like it always does.
0: A&M allows nearly two sacks a game and tackles for loss. They're lying six a game. That's a 11th in the league, 92nd nationally. So statistically... There should be some opportunity. And that should be concerning for, for the Aggies this week because hey you got a defense that, that knows exactly how to get pressure and to create sacks. Um that's that's a problem right now when you when you look at AM and where it's been so far for the year. Hey, if you're planning uh to uh to get a group gathered at your home this Saturday night, watch the game, it's a perfect time at six o'clock to you know, get friends and family together, get some neighbors to come over. Call Arts Barbecue. If you don't have time to smoke the ribs all day or, hey, a brisket's a commitment, man. That's 18 hours. Arts Barbecue can slice up a pan of brisket for you. Their pulled pork is unbelievably good. They do a house-made sauce that's really good and goes for the uh, the entire deal. Or maybe you're cooking the ribs, but, hey, I need help with beans and potato salad and coleslaw and mac and cheese and all those things. They can do the sides. They can do the whole thing for you. So call Wade at 452-2550. And if you're in the uh, Fort Smith area, Arts will have it ready to go. They do their own uh, hot links and uh, smoked sausage and those type of things to really take your home gate to the next level. So if you're not headed to the Big D this weekend, head to the Big A. That's Arts Barbecue, Rogers Avenue, next to Buddies in Fort Smith. They'll get your home gate ready with great ribs, tender brisket, great pulled pork, all for you and your family and friends this weekend at Arts Barbecue on Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith.
3: So Hunter, your check was having some fun at the Little Rock Touchdown Club yesterday.
1: And I've had some great hires that have worked out really well, but the one thing that got Razorback fans really excited during my tenure, Dave, do you know what it is? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Cheers! We could have won all the games this year in football, but nothing would mean more than bringing Coke back to the stadium, that's for sure. He's loved making those
3: jokes well,
1: since I got we got issue. that
3: announcement.
0: So I'm at the game Saturday. You know what I wanted?
3: Coke Zero. They have it. Did they not have Coke Zeros in the
0: stadium, or just at the? In East 330. No sir. When, when I was up there on the the East Club level, the fountain or the bottle? Bottle. No, they didn't have fountain drinks up there, so no okay. bottled Coke. Mister Juracek, please resolve this issue. We need we need some Coke Zero. In the East Indoor Club. We had none this weekend. It's the only second time I've ever been up there, but I don't know if that's normal. You because here's the thing. You get to the fourth quarter, and guess what they don't have any longer? Beer. Cold beer. those Because the, they cut you off. Cut that you off at the end, end of the third. So, all right, what do you want? Well, I want Coke Zero now. Man, we don't they don't have Coke Zero up here. Guess what they also don't have? Kettle corn. <laughs>
3: Kettle corn, kettle corn.
0: My wife wanted some kettle corn. I went all the way up to 500, nothing there. I like, I'm not going all the way down to 100 to get this. You'll have to do without. So I just got some regular popcorn. I swear they poured a whole thing of salt in it. It was... Salty as it gets. Terrible. But, uh, you know, they make that like on Tuesday, you know. But, yeah, we got to get this Coke Zero issue figured out because that needs to be available in every corner. And don't... don't, don't let, well, we got Diet Coke. It's not the same thing. So we got to get that figured out. I, I will
3: out. say I do not enjoy Diet Coke, but the when yes, i was in
0: andy you're right andy says that's a first world problem yes you're correct I, was, I want my luxuries i want my coke zero
3: i had never had coke zero until omaha when i was waking up and we had long days just doing the shows down there and there were some coke zeros in the fridge where i was staying thanks to wes and justine and i loved it i was like man this is really good i've never had this before yeah. I, I haven't had one since but if it's around there's nothing else i'll definitely
0: consume it. and then that's I don't know it's 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 pretty good I guess JT that in Hot Springs' says Coke Zero sucks throw your phone out the window don't text us back JT until you uh, come to the right I, side of this I, of this argument I don't know many people that have that thought no. process JT I, JT's credibility just went way down with us Usually he's the one uh, yeah he's
3: joking the voice and, of reason. and messing with me in the morning but uh, I guess he's coming at you just yeah. a little bit Dakota says the popcorn they had was excellent. So wherever they got the popcorn in the stadium, Tommy,
0: that's where you need to go. We had two different bags of it with our group. It was both. It's just not like, good. It, I mean, it was so salty. I mean, that's the way you want it, I guess, if you're trying to sell beer and drinks. But it was mm-hmm. It awesome. You expect that, but it was like next level. But listen, I can live with that. Just give me some Coke Zero, if you're, or sell me a beer in the fourth quarter. One of the. other. How much are cowboy read now? Because when I went last time,
3: I went there eighteen dollars with inflation. How much do you think those have gone up for those that might consume those
0: in... down at Jerry's World? Jerry World, I have no idea. This weekend, they've got like twenty something. Right? Yeah, I got to be okay. Yeah. Easily, I know because that eighteen wasn't enough before.
3: I for someone that. For a few of my friends that have gotten a chance and an opportunity to sit in Jerry Jones's box before, which is just an incredible experience, they said they've never seen anything and had an experience like that. The spread of food and alcohol is unlike. They've yeah. been to weddings, they've been to all these different fundraiser events. They said it's unlike anything we've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Anything
3: and can everything you, you can I mean, think they,
0: of. Yeah, he, Jerry's gonna leave an impression. So I've been in Jerry's box, but it was only on one of like the. We were down there for the uh, the Cotton Bowl when we played Kansas State, what 2011, and Russ and I were just kind of wandering around a couple days before the game, and we wandered in there while they were vacuuming. But uh, that's about as that's about as close as I've been.
3: Mr. Jones was kind enough to let us do the post game show from there. I'm really excited. I've never done any radio inside of 18T Stadium, so I know after the game I'm just going to go to the press conference, hear what Coach Pittman has to say, and then scurry over and do that post-game show in the radio booth. I think
0: there's still a lot of people that are intrigued by going. I th- I'm amazed to still talk to people that have not been because they just had not had the chance. But here's the deal. you got to remember. you only got a couple of these left. What, what's the contract now down to? Two more years yeah, after this says, one? So when through it 20 says 25, or 25 it? does that
3: mean it goes through 25? Or is that eliminate after 2024 i never understand
0: those legal i think 25 you go back to home and home but it's some it's somewhere right yeah. in there we, we i mean we may be off a year but my point is if you've not been you've put it off the money hadn't been in the budget whatever now you know we all got kids and families and th- you know deals to take care of but you know you only got a handful of chances on this yeah. particular deal because it's over when they, whenever they, is it is, 24, 25, it's over. So we're down to the last couple of three games in that building. And I mean, Arkansas is never going to play there again. They may mm-hmm. find a new opponent. But if you've been waiting to go, because I still think there's some allure to A, making that trip, but B, going to, to Jerry's. World. Well, it's a huge recruiting mechanism, not
3: just for football, but Chancellor Gearhart, one of the reasons the former Chancellor of the University of Arkansas wanted this game played is because of how it recruits kids to campus, Arkansas has now exceeded 30,000 students. A lot of those license plates up there, and I can testify to this because a lot of my friends are from Texas, or from that Dallas metro area. And many of them went to this game or heard about this game or heard about it, and they weren't considering Arkansas. And I know that at one point in time, you got 90% in-state if you touched Arkansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, some of the surrounding states. I don't know if that's still the case, but this was a big Big recruiting tool, and
0: yeah, I and think it's that, definitely, that they reduced tuition is probably a bigger recruiting tool than than this game. But. Yeah, and and that's it's it's helped. And i have right seen, about the number of Texas plates. Uh, when I'm on, I mean, being up in Northwest Arkansas, you, you see them everywhere mm-hmm. on I-49. You go to a restaurant, you go shopping, you go do whatever you do. They're just around town a lot. And I've seen a resurgence within the coming back to this game because you
3: feel like you can win. Well, remember, I mean, yeah, that stretch from. 2014 to 2020 where you did not win a single one of these games in Jerry world. Now you didn't win since 2012 when you played them in college station, but now I feel like Arkansas fans, you're going down there. Cause you think you're going to win this football game, regardless of what Vegas says or not. That's also, I think plays into kind of the resurgence of, Hey, you know what? I haven't been to this game or have not been in a while. I want to go back. Cause
0: I think we're going to beat the Aggies
3: for the second consecutive year.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you should go because I think with a, with a nine game conference schedule, are, are schools in the SEC, schools in other leagues, going to be willing to take on another Power 5 game as a non-conference game, giving you the chance to play a game in a place like Arlington moving forward? I don't. That remains to be seen. But you're already going to have nine SEC games. Are you willing to play, you know, someone just texted and Tyler suggested, I think it was, play Oklahoma State. I said Nebraska Jared, well, that's and Jerry World. That's fine, the one I've I wanted had. to. I'd love to play them right now. They make it a lot better when yeah. they find a coach.
1: BlueNile.com.
3: make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE B L E A V 50. That's BELIEVE B L E A V 50. Bet online. Where the game starts.
4: First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender.
1: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I know
3: you're excited to see Dan Skipper get his first start for the Detroit Lions, as was Sam Pittman.
4: Well, I love Dan Skipper. I mean, him and about everybody I've ever coached. But Danny called me last week. I don't think he'll mind me sharing Um I hope he doesn't. I don't think he will, but, you know, he called me last week and told me he's going to get his first start, you know, and he he was, you know, six years in. He had been cut, you know, down to the practice, and he said, I'm going to get my first start, and and he was very complimentary of me like I had one thing to do with that, which I did not. Uh, He did all that. If you
3: watched the video, Tommy, you could tell Dan was holding back tears when his head football coach, Dan Campbell, who, you know, where he went to school, unfortunately? Tell me. Texas a and mm. He's an Aggie. But that's the only only bad thing about him because people really do like Dan Campbell. But he was like, skip! And then the locker room started chanting. It's just a really cool video. I'd yeah. encourage
0: you when you get a chance to go watch it. I wouldn't say it's a full-blown Rudy moment, but it kind of had that feel to it when you just understand the backstory. Uh, that's perseverance. Six years fighting your way through, through practice squads, trying to hang on, fighting for your job seemingly every day, and then to get a start after all these years... You, you think it's never going to happen. You're going to be, until you're too old and beat up and worn out, you're going to be on a practice squad, which isn't a terrible deal, but that's not what you're there for. So, I mean, it, it, just, it just makes you smile. Gives you that little lump in your throat feeling good for, for Dan Skipper. Got the announcement yesterday
3: from the SEC office. Bama, Arkansas, 230 CBS next week. It was a little, I know Chuck and, and you and I discussed that It might be a six-day window, but they just went ahead and said, you know what? Let's just put this sucker at 2.30 next week. Well, this is going to be the game of the week.
0: Yeah, you look at um, you look at the other options. Auburn, LSU in the great option. Uh, Georgia, Missouri, no one wants to watch that. Kentucky, Ole Miss would be the other game that you might have thrown in there. But, hey, you get a chance to put Alabama on TV. CBS is going to jump at that. So, I think this was uh, – if we had to put money down on it, you know, yesterday what they were going to do, we'd have said 2.30. I think – Selfishly, I'd have preferred 6 o'clock ESPN just because I think the atmosphere at 6.30 with the tailgating and everybody making a day of it is a little louder, a little better, but it's going to be a full house if Arkansas wins this week. So when it starts next year
3: with the big 10 going to
0: cbs correct i just want to make sure i'm next running. year or is it tw- yeah the the, the espn contract picks up next yeah. year so so you'll espn slash abc we CBS
3: should will no longer have the number one sec pick of the day so if you have the best game you're likely going to be
0: at night playing on the espn well, or abc or one of those days at some well, point you may be right. They may put some of the better games at night like we see in this league now with CBS. I mean, Alabama LSU's been played in primetime how many times? A bunch. So I mean, they do the the two the two games that But they're they, going to yeah. have two games every week. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know, just because you're moving off of CBS, don't forget ABC. I mean, it's 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 equal. And you'll still have a game in the middle of the day. The question you're asking is, will the number one game be at 2.30 or somewhere in that window? Or will it be at 6 o'clock at night? I think they'll still have it in the middle of the day on ABC. We'll have to kind
3: of wait and see how that plays out. But I I got a text from my buddy, uh, Justin Daniels, at JD's River Valley Restoration. He was asking me, does that prohibit game day from coming next week because of it being on cbs no it does not now the game you have to watch out for and tommy asked me this yesterday the game that you are going to be pitted up against the most outside of kentucky and old miss is clemson and north carolina state i don't know who clemson is actually playing a ranked team this week it might be wake forest but i don't know who clemson and north carolina
0: state are playing this week but you are cheering for their opponents like heck if you want game day to be here next week week uh, wait wait a minute who is the sec getting a ton of money from beginning next year to televise tell and
3: that was my thought process too but who knows
0: we'll have I to think, wait and see i think if there's a tie the sec wins that tie with the well, let's hope so and add
3: since 06 park them up and
0: well, you, hadn't been, you hadn't been good enough i mean you've had some times there but the, the matchups didn't work out in 10 and 11 outside 10 and 11 tell me why game day would show up there were some year, there were some games in 2010 or 2011 when
3: you could have it they went somewhere else but outside of as you just said those years it's been lean to say yeah. the least hopefully you can have it back saw that Tony Boo is going to be one of your honorary captains for this football team this Saturday Texas guy's got a roofing company there in Texas I know he's really excited to see his football team co out on the field and it was it was funny listening to Ken Hamlin talk about tony bua and you think about the ferocious hits that he used to put on just a gamer back in the day and i know he's really excited to watch his football team on saturday his former
0: team We think about dallas and all the alumni there there's a huge alumni base in dfw but uh like i said some former players there so we 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 focused a lot on that safety position those hard-hitting safeties tony bua is certainly one of those guys that uh you get past Atwater and Kanoy Kennedy and maybe Hamlin, then you know Tony Boo is right there in that conversation. So Dwight McLaughlin, some injury
3: updates from you that we got from Pippen yesterday. He had a hammy issue. He should be he should have been back at practice yesterday, as would Miles Slusher. I have not looked any um, at any practice observations from guys yesterday, I think they were both back. I need to go back and double-check on that. And the last thing, Washington has claimed John Ridgway. Uh, the Cowboys were hoping to get him on the practice squad. That is from, uh, I think, Nate Archer the guy that covers the Dallas Cowboys. Something Archer. But uh, Archer. Washington football team has claimed him off the waivers. And so that he could be suiting up for... Who's what is Is it Jack Del Rio's their assistant? And I can't think of their head coach, but that's his, uh, that's looks like his news destination where it's at. get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
1: Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories.
3: like this game being played in jerry world that's our morning rush daily question here as we get rolling on this as we welcome in bruce dan to pradco fishing now i think for a time when you were losing every year since 2014 2020 you guys got tired of jerry world we were talking about it a little bit tommy you mentioned in hour one there's some fans that you've talked to that either haven't been or haven't been in a while they're
0: going back this year seems to be a resurgence with going down to Dallas for this game. Well, listen, when you're winning, everybody wants to go. Yep. I mean, hell, we're trying to figure out how to go to Starkville right now. I mean, I mean, that's how. That's how. That's what winning will do. Will do for your program. But there is. We think everybody's been there. Boy, you played this game long enough. Everybody, Bruce has made their their pilgrimage, if you will, to Arlington. Now I think some of the shines wore up because there are newer stadiums, there are brighter lights, there are bigger scoreboards, there are you know better amenities. But Jerry's place is still top of the top of the list i don't care if you know where you go uh i think there's you know still i don't know what the percentage is a third a half i don't not everybody's been there a it's expensive to go when you add up the whole weekend and b if you've already committed to season tickets and listen i'm in that stage of life where my kids have committed me to cheer practice to football practice to all these other school activities going on your time on weekends to go is not there. So I think there are people that are making a plan to go this year because they know that the opportunity to see the Hogs play there on the regular is running out.
4: Yeah, and we really need to get a tutorial out there because the hardest thing about going to Jerry World for the first time especially is you your neck cranes up and you want to watch the whole game yeah. on that big TV screen. It's so big, you, you can't watch the game. And, and it is an experience. I mean, the food's amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. I mean, it, you got to do it at least once.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. some went for the Cotton Bowl. I'll be, I've not been there for an A&M game, but I went to the Kansas State game for the Cotton mm-hmm. Bowl. I um, didn't i didn't go to the Cotton Bowl, but I think
3: I went in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, and then have to watch all those losses, those painful losses. Yeah.
0: I mean, and, and that's, you know, there's been years where n- neither side felt good from a fan base standpoint. I think this will be a... A full house. It's you know. I, I think you're going to see. Was it sixty five thousand or whatever is the official number? I think you're going to see a lot of the seats filled for this. And I know some people that just plan around it annually. You know, they, this is a, a family getaway weekend. They got family in Dallas. I got a good friend of mine who's got uh, who's got kids that live in Dallas. They just make a you know weekend
4: of it and go every year. Well, my my son Gray lives in Wichita Falls. He's been there about a year and a half now. And he lives works with aggie fans and mm-hmm. they take this game real serious it's it they're talking a lot of trash and it's a it's a point of contention and, and you know he, he's gonna be there louder than ever
3: so my buddy uh sec mike who does that sec podcast he made a statement on paul feinbaum that he thinks sam pittman's a better coach than jimbo fisher and aggie fans just went ballistic <laughs> i just want that to be verified as and i don't know if Two straight wins will verify that statement, but it sure helps his cause when making that. Tommy, by the way, you mentioned the capacity it's 80,000 with the expandable capacity up to a
0: hundred grand. They won't get to I, I, a, but I think, there, I think there's section, only so many seats. I mean, all? as far as the actual seats, okay, you're right. I mean, with like the Super Bowl, they crammed like a hundred thousand in there. It says, fire, it, right. In fact, the fire marshal had to stop them. <laughs> There's a lot of They're putting room some seats thing. over a tunnel yeah. or something. And
3: that's what they, uh, for the students out there and for parents and grandparents that have students at the University of Arkansas, you can get a standing room ticket at least when I was in school for, I think it was 25 or 50 bucks. You had all the concourses, you couldn't move because yeah. not only did you have all the people that were sitting down that would come up to get food and drinks, they just have hundreds of students just kind of sitting there by the well you better room. hold it
4: because if you have to go to the bathroom oh, your feet's gone yeah. i bet that's brutal yeah.
0: all right that's your red river dodge morning rush daily question red river dodge in heaver springs arkansas's number one ram dealer log on at redriverdodge.com. dodge.com It's another uh kind of topsy-turvy weekend to a degree in the sec not as few of eye-popping upsets arkansas nearly made that list but I've got our week three morning rush SEC rankings presented by Ruskin and Zach here on uh, the morning rush presented by who Ruskin and Zach. Yeah. Just they, make sure we got uh, that They said we there. had no business ranking anything. So I'm just going to make them the sponsor of the, uh, <laughs> of the morning rush rankings. So. We get
3: a uh, commission fee out of their sponsorship. I'm, I'm
0: I am going to send them a bill. Okay, Absolutely. Good. All right. Georgia remains number one. They beat South Carolina, you know, blew them out 48 to seven Stetson Bennett, two touchdowns, 284 yards. Um, yeah, you know, so I've still got them at the top. I don't think anyone would argue that. Uh Rattler at didn't all. throw
4: on them like he did the week before, did
0: no, he? No, he did not. Um Let's see. Oh by the way, Stetson Bennett also led George right I thought this was weird out of the box score. Led them in rushing two with three attempts at thirty six yards.
4: He was mad because they rode the bus. I think Kirby Smart said they saved $350,000 by riding the bus to South Carolina. <laughs> they might ride the bus to every game from now yeah. on. Alabama number
0: two. They beat UL Monroe 63-7. to Yawn, move on. All right, here's where the controversy or the contention is going to kick in. I had Arkansas at three a week ago. This week I got some a shakeup at three, four, and five. I got Kentucky moved up to number three. They beat Youngstown State but in command of that game thirty-one to nothing. I moved Tennessee to number four ahead of the Razorbacks, sixty-three to six over Akron, and then I moved the Razorbacks down a couple of spots to number five after really not having control of the majority of that game against Missouri State in a win. It was a win, thirty-eight twenty-seven. So I got Kentucky three, Tennessee four arkansas that's, five this week
4: that's quite the overreaction tommy uh the national media kept arkansas at 10 uh in spite of you know a somewhat emotional close win uh you moved them down two this spots says an overreaction so you think i'm wrong i think you're wrong i don't i don't, I don't think they de- i mean the national media didn't move them at all they kept them at number 10 and you're moving them down well, i've got arkansas at
0: five right now i mean this is a
4: snapshot week to week
0: and based on what happened, and based on the way Kentucky and Tennessee well, and Arkansas played to this point, I think Arkansas is a top five team sure. in this league. But you get a chance to change it this week playing a And i
4: I'm still not buying Kentucky's offense. I think defensively they're very solid. Uh, I just I think they're going to struggle against better teams that uh, that can scheme them. Uh, that games but, in Knoxville for you guys this year too. Yeah, I mean to me it's going to come down. You know, Neyland's going to have a hundred thousand plus on uh Saturday game days coming to town is Tennessee going to lay an egg like it's done all but one year since 2004 or are they going to come out and beat Florida mm-hmm. and and the, and the problem is Florida's not the best team in the in the division anymore they still got George out there and they still got Alabama out there Tennessee has to win this game
3: I uh, Tommy I would the only thing I would change with the Arkansas Pick is I would put Arkansas above Tennessee. Uh, I I I don't have an issue with you putting Kentucky at three. I can, I think Kentucky's looked really good, especially defensively. Now you still got to wonder Will Levis oh. and company offensively, but that would be the only thing I would put them slightly because I think Arkansas has three better wins than Tennessee as a snapshot of Week Three, even though they had that closer win. Would you agree? Pro it's State. close
0: though between Tennessee and Arkansas. Yeah, no okay, question. So here's where my mind's at on that. Arkansas had less control of their game. Tennessee had more control. Are the opponents fairly equal between Akron and Missouri State? Probably. I, I don't know. I don't want to make that argument necessarily, but I think we'd all agree that's pretty much fishing in the same pond. Hey, this week Tennessee gets Florida and Arkansas gets Texas A and M. After this week, you're gonna you're gonna know more. So whether you're whether you're four, or whether you're five, doesn't really matter. really. I matter. think
3: Arkansas deserves if they beat Texas A and M
0: to jump back into three because yeah. Kentucky plays. Yuff, who do they play? This Northern Illinois. So I, they're gonna. I don't have any problem with that logic. So Georgia 1, Bama 2, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas 3, 4, and 5. All right, here was the biggest move up this week, or the second biggest move up. Got A&M moving back to 6 after beating a ranked Miami team. The chain had 18 carries, 88 yards. I got A&M back at 6 this week, taking on, of course, the Razorbacks at number 5. Any issue moving them back up after beating Miami?
4: Oh, I mean, my, Miami's not Miami, but it's, it's still yeah. it, optically it's a big win. Pro, I, I don't know where you got Ole Miss because you hadn't said it yet, but I, I think Ole Miss has been controlling football games probably better than we thought they would.
0: I got Ole Miss next at number seven. My issue with Ole Miss is the schedule. To this point, they played Troy, UCA, uh, they beat Georgia Tech this week, forty-two to nothing, then Tulsa, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Kentucky's going to be the first time we really see what Ole Miss is about. I'm not convinced yet on Ole Miss based on the schedule, but I do have them at number seven after beating a power five team in Georgia Tech, 42 to nothing. Jackson Dart, 207 yards, 10 of 16 passing. Um, They ran the ball really well. Uh, Zach Evans had 134 yards on 18 carries. I got Ole Miss at seven, up one spot.
4: (coughs) Ole Miss, they're they're on the rise. Uh, I'll probably take a little issue. Their schedule might not be as weak as you think. You know, everybody's giving App State a lot of credit for beating Texas A and M. I know you can't compare scores, but they had to pull out a Hail mary, which is one of the greatest plays we've seen in recent history in college football to beat Troy State Ooh. and uh, Ole Miss handled them. And uh, I think Georgia Tech in the first game against Clemson did some things. They they kind of, of course, you know Clemson is maligned offensively, but yeah, you know, they kind of kept that a game for three quarters, and uh, Ole Miss just wiped the floor with them.
0: Dropped Florida to eight. They struggled with South Florida. They did win, but they, they dropped Gary Bohannon, by the way, from Earl, Arkansas, was the quarterback mm-hmm. for South Florida in that game. Had a, had a really good uh, showing and nearly upset the Gators. So I got Florida at eight. I moved LSU up three spots to number nine after, uh, I thought, an impressive win, guys. 31-16 over Mississippi State. Jane Daniels looked a lot better. In that game, and I think he's going to grow. I I don't think LSU is going to
3: contend for the SEC West title, but I just got to remember, you play Baton Rouge at night. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many points it is, but you got to add some points to that
0: that line. Here's the stat of the game I thought when looking at the box score. LSU held Will Rogers to 214 yards passing, 24-42. I think Will Rogers is a really good quarterback, and they, uh, you know, like that's an off night for him based on what he's done so far. Probably didn't play man like Pelini
3: did a year ago or two years ago, right? (laughs) Got ripped apart, just kept on doing the same thing, and didn't learn from his mistakes. If I had to guess, they probably went a little bit of zone on Saturday.
4: I did think they showed a lot of improvement LSU uh, in this game from the week before. They they looked a lot better.
3: LSU could have me as their head coach, and they would still have talent on the field. That's the thing, man. They are, they are year in, year out, one of the most
0: talented teams in college football.
3: You,
4: you should have floated that. You just saved them millions. A million, so.
3: uh, yeah, but it would have cost them 10 wins.
0: <laughs> so I dropped Mississippi State four spots to number 10. I'd move them up after kind of having some control of games, going out to the West Coast and winning. Um, they get they get hammered pretty good at LSU. Here was the stat I had on the you know, kind of the normal I think it's 75. About Will Rogers a second ago had 214. State only had 75 yards of rushing against LSU as well. So, we might want to value that LSU defense a little bit higher. I don't think Mississippi State's terrible, but I dropped them to number 10. There's just no way I could put them ahead of LSU after LSU no. just beat them. So, 10's where they had to go. Drop South Carolina to 11. There's just no way you can have an 0-2 SEC team, 1-2 and 2 on the year, any higher than that after uh, they lost to Georgia. I mean, there's no shame in losing big to Georgia, 48-7. to 7, but
4: They're not looking real competitive though the but last yeah, two Beamer's, games Beamer's i know they've schedule. had a tough schedule but that, that's they're not looking competitive
0: I, I don't know how i have south carolina higher than 11 then i got auburn dropping to 12 they lost to penn state Looked terrible that looked terrible looked doing terrible. it terrible 41 to 12 tj finley 152 yards i think
4: you're ranking them too
0: high Eleven. and and i've already that's where when i asked where was the right where's the wrong yeah. someone said they need to go behind vandy and i had vandy at 13 and he's three and one 38-28, went over Northern Illinois. And then I got Missouri, who, who just may be the, the second-best team in the state of Missouri after what we saw Saturday. <laughs> they beat mighty Abilene Christian 34-17. to 17. Not impressed with that. I've still got Missouri at 14. So, Georgia won, followed by Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas at 5. A&M at 6, Ole Miss at 7, followed by Florida, LSU, and Mississippi State at 10. South Carolina at 11. Auburn, Vandy, Missouri—the bottom
4: three. Where am I right? Where am I wrong? You know, just starting at the bottom, I probably rank Vandy a few spots higher, just based on winning. Uh, South Carolina—I know they played Arkansas. Hang on, hang on, hang
0: on. Do you think Vandy is would actually head up beat Auburn or South Carolina? I think
4: so, right now. Okay, the way they're scoring points, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, I think, I think, I think. When, I don't know when they play South Carolina, but that—that's a winnable game for Vanderbilt. I don't know where they play them.
0: November fifth in Nashville.
4: I wish they, yeah, that that, you know, that that uh, that might be an even crowd. I don't know if anybody's going to drive over from Columbia to that. Decent distance. You know, I was
3: talking to a a Vanderbilt grad yesterday, and he was thoroughly oppressed with a meeting that they had had with Clark Lee in the off season, and I don't know what the. The thought process is, as a Vandy fan, if you're impressed that they can get to a bowl game or what it is. I know Franklin took them to two back-to-back nine-win seasons, but at least they're scoring some points. They've already surpassed their season win total, which was two and a half in Vegas. And so they've gotten to three, so maybe they'll be better than we thought. South Carolina's probably been the most disappointing team in the SEC East, Auburn in the West to this point. I know it's early, but Beamer's just had these gaffes in the press conference where he gets asked, I know it's it's frustrating when you get clobbered, but he just goes on like these rants and these like he he his face gets all cringy and stuff. I don't. I, it could work out for him in Columbia, but as a football coach, even in your second year, you've got to you got cut that stuff out, man. You've got to approach it as listen, you're ticked off, you just lost, but he's getting really frustrated. These, I I just I don't know if that's going to work out. Yeah. I know it's early, but I'm just I'm just putting that out there with Shane
0: Beamer in South Carolina. I think just looking at these these teams the, the hardest decisions are, are to be made there in the middle of the of the pack and kind of the, the middle to upper with Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas. But I'm gonna tell you the team that should start catching your attention and I wanna kinda of see what they do coming up uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks is LSU. Now they got New Mexico at Baton Rouge, that'll be a yawner or should be at least, followed by Auburn. They play Tennessee coming up uh, October the eighth. We'll know a little bit more about them but
4: that's at L S U,
0: right? I don't let me go back. Yes, it's in Baton Rouge. Yeah, so That's a big game. I wouldn't completely go to sleep on LSU at this point. I mean, I may be proven wrong on that, but I think LSU's a team. when Because I think Mississippi State's not bad. I mean, they held them to 75 yards passing and Will Rogers to 214. That's well, State's going to get this figured out,
4: I think. Uh, there'll be a lot of selling out this week in the middle of the pack. I mean, there's two major games, mm-hmm. uh, but Arkansas and Texas A&M, Tennessee and Florida. So... You know who's the pretender and who's going to rise up. You're you're going you're going to know at the end of the day on Saturday, uh, where are Tennessee and Arkansas, and Texas A and M, uh, and Florida stand.
3: Which of the, those winners has a better chance to compete for their division?
4: As Arkansas. Do- you're, you, you kind of just seem off on this Tennessee thing. Well, you, you know Georgia. Look, come on. I mean, I, I, I think Alabama. Arkansas already went down there last year and proved they could play a competitive game. That's good in. Uh, and, and Alabama's kind of, for for them, they're kind of running a gauntlet. They're playing some big games, four in a row. Uh, I just think Arkansas has more winnable games in its division than Tennessee does.
0: And Arkansas gets Bama at home. Tennessee has to go to Athens this year. So that, yeah. that's another difference yeah. in comparing good point. Comparing those two. So All right, that's our week three. Morning Rush SEC Rankings brought to you by Ruskin and Zach.
3: Should we say your rankings? Tommy. I think we should say Tommy's, Tommy's rankings ranked. presented nice. by Ruskin morning and Zach because we, we disagree a little bit. So we'll keep it at that. I but they agree with a lot of things you say. They but are time. presented by Ruskin so, and Zach. All right, like, I so, don't know if I can put my name All right, name we got
0: on them that. on social media. You can disagree. We're taking some calls and some text on it this morning. I mean, I think Arkansas clearly is a top five team. You go win and you look good this week. Maybe you move it back into the three spot because Kentucky's got a... Uh, was it, Young, not, it was Youngtown State last week? They uh, got Northern Illinois this week. So, you know, that, that's not going to be one that gets well, you Vanderbilt. Bonus
4: Vanderbilt roughed him up for him. Chuck Barrett
2: here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas.
3: Tom, uh, just kind of your thoughts initially on what we saw Saturday night play out between the Bears and the Hogs.
2: Good morning, guys. Um, you know, I got a bunch of thoughts, but I'll say this. I think Arkansas is a very good team. Um, they're doing some things to try to cover up some flaws. Um, the injuries have certainly impacted them. I think they're a, a, they're a very efficient offense. Um, but obviously on defense, the injuries have, you know, have, have put some guys who aren't as experienced in certain positions. And, you know, Missouri State teams in their, in, during the summer, they scheme up those first three games. Petrino did this during the summer. You, you really game plan for those first three, like you have a really good thing in place. And then they also had two extra days. So they repped and they repped and they repped this. They took advantage of some misdirection stuff, um, getting, getting the defensive back's eyes going one way and throwing the, like the throw to the tight end. You know, Jordan Jones was wide open down the right sideline. So Arkansas teams in the past would have, when they were down 17, they would have struggled to win this game. And I, I dare say a lot of teams from the last couple of decades would have lost it. But they have good leadership. And you know they rallied. They did the things they had to do. Look, with nine minutes left in the game, and you're down ten points, they couldn't afford to have a, a real time-consuming drive. Um, and so the Rocket Sanders shovel pass—you um, you could just see it. He—he he was motivated by that fumble earlier in the game, and he just broke out of that, you know, that jersey jersey grab and and outran everybody. So they had to have explosive plays, and they got them. Um, there's some tough games ahead, um, but the fact that they're three and zero at this stage really goes to show a lot of where the program is and 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 like the character um, uh, of the of the roster.
0: I think sometimes we have to learn to be patient, Tom, when watching this Arkansas team. It doesn't always happen where the where the offensive line is going to wear down the opponent in the first half of the game or even the early third quarter. What we saw Saturday night was by the fourth quarter. They were they were gassed. They were worn out. Arkansas at the line of scrimmage had won the battle. That takes time. We have to remember that.
2: We yeah, and that's a good point. And also we had grown used to what Arkansas had done, and that was have really good uh, ball security, um, you know, wear people down, really hit hard and all. But um, you know, it looked to me like, you know, McLaughlin went out, uh, Bupper Pool went out for a few series. Um, And so the personnel wasn't always the same. Um, And then the fact, see, when you turn the ball over on the one-yard line, when you give up third down and long plays, it all starts creating something. And in this case, it was the the atmosphere of an upset. And thankfully for the Razorbacks, they kind of stayed with the course, got those explosive plays. But we're not used to, you know, we were not used to seeing them give the ball away. That some linebacker went in, number 30, I think his name was Vaughn, um, just went in and just raped the ball away from K.J. on that first turnover. And then, of course, they just kind of got a little fortunate with the dude's helmet, the other linebacker's helmet, hitting, Rockets, uh, hitting the ball from Rocket at the one. And then, you know, the, the interception was just a total gift. So Missouri State got a few freak plays. They had a great game plan. You know this game meant the world to Bobby Petrino, and Arkansas still dodged that bullet. Is
0: there any value in coming from behind, even, even this caliber of an opponent, an FCS team? Is there value in your mind in the, in the aspect that you had to come from behind? You did. You accomplished that. What does this team take away from that experience?
2: Well, well certainly, it tests your leadership. You know, people aren't on the sideline pointing fingers and so say, that was your man. That's why they scored a touchdown. They didn't, they didn't do that. You saw KJ going up and down the sidelines, showing leadership. You don't want to get down by 17, but hey, now if it happens again, you can say, we've done this. And uh, so uh, there's definitely value in it.
3: Talking with Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Tom, a lot has been made this morning from our listeners about the secondary. Some are vouching for him. Some are are coming out against him and just kind of what's happened thus far. I know Sam fielded a bunch of questions about that yesterday, and he was really high on Malik Chavez. What do you think they need to do with Malik the rest of the way to maybe kind of shore up what they've
2: given up in the passing game? Yeah, great question. You could tell that Sam Pittman was basically thinking out loud, like things that they've bounced off each other. And and as he said, everybody in, in the building knows what's going on. And so whereas last year he called it double cloud coverage. So you got the second level kind of cloud, like, you know, zone. And and then the back uh, level, the third level in in a zone as well. And like games against Mississippi state and some other games, it was relatively effective, but other teams just ate it up. And so they felt, and, and that was the whole talk in the summertime was we have to get teams behind the chains. We have to bring more pressure. So, They've added personnel, like Drew Sanders, Jordan Dominic, have been just outstanding additions. And so they're getting more pressure on the quarterback. I've been writing about it since the game. They lead the country in sacks per game and in yards allowed per game. Um, so I think getting Miles Fletcher back, if he's able to go, it just gives you another uh, piece. And then um, I, it was very complimentary of uh, Chavez that – Pittman said, we need him on the field. And so they've got to figure out the puzzle. And it's probably going to involve some rotations. But I think they want to uh, have Slusher at safety and Chavis at safety. And so, you know, who who did that leave in or out? You know, Breenie and Simeon Blair. So those four guys playing safety. Uh, Hudson Clark and McLaughlin at corner. But Chavis might get some more run at corner as well. Um, all things considered what hap- what's happened with the secondary, I think the cornerbacks have, you know, they might not have great tackle grades, but I think they've held up, you know, we've seen a ton of deep balls thrown against them. And, you know, there's been a couple of picks, there's overthrows, quarterbacks haven't had the right, proper time. Um, but there, there are definite issues. And, uh, you know, as he said, we think we're doing the best thing to win games and, that's what they're doing. It's a game-by-game game thing. Survive that game. Go to the next game.
3: Tom, what I think is unique about this defense last year compared to this year is last year's defense related in blitz. They just ran that three down and then dropped eight. This year, they're coming after you with Drew Sanders, bumper pull, blitzing other cornerbacks and yeah. safeties. How do you think Barry Odom has handled his personnel and adapting to what he has this year?
2: Right. Well, given what they've, they're facing, with, which is the injuries, you know, the Jalen Catalan, you cannot get, you know, over the fact that that's a huge loss. I mean, that's that's real. Ladarius Bishop, even though he didn't have a great camp, um, you know, it hurts that, that you don't have another corner. And so with Slusher out, they just managed. And um, they're going to put together a good game plan. I mean, these guys are good coaches. They're paid well. They're veterans in this. Um, and A&M's going to be a real puzzler because they haven't passed the ball well They want to run it, but I think Arkansas's run defense is pretty stout. So, um, you you know, I don't think they're going to get torn up for 350 like they have been the last couple of weeks by, you know, Max Johnson. Uh, So this is just going to be a real intriguing game as to A&M's game plan or do they go out of character and and what Arkansas does to –
0: combat it. You know, there's so many statistical misfits when you look at the stat sheet and we are we, talking about this this passing game issue. Tom, I can tell you you can fix the passing yards stat problem by cleaning up your tackling and this not letting those one or two plays a game where a wide receiver's just running wide open with no one 20 yards around them. You fix those two issues, how much of that that yardage problem in the passing game do you fix for this defense?
2: Well, I mean, it tightens things up for sure. And that that's the flip side to bringing all the pressure you've got a lot of man coverage and i don't know if it was Simeon blair but he was the closest guy to ty scott on the fourth and one but lord did y'all have flashbacks (laughs) the cowboy up now chris gragg was a tight end on that play against uh monroe back in 2008 petrino's first year when if they don't complete that play monroe probably wins the game it was fourth and one and this was a fourth and one and ty scott was uh I think he was more like in a wing back type position on that play and no one was on him. I mean, it was just a Petrino max play, you know, uh, but yeah, the tackling was really shoddy and, and, and didn't not only missed tackles, but guys that, that got juke out. So um, they just got to rally to the ball a little bit better than they have.
0: Rocket Sanders has been the, the centerpiece of this team. Where do you place him in your mind when you look at other SEC backs and particularly uh, in this league, but maybe even around the country. Where does Rocket rank right now in your mind?
2: Well, I mean, he's first in the SEC in rushing. He's gotten the opportunity. Um, I wrote in the summer that I didn't think they'd have a 1,000-yard rusher because I thought, you know, A.J. Green would come on and, and you know, Dominic Johnson would maybe appear before he has and, you know, they really like DuBinion and K.J. would run it. But now it looks like he's well on his way if he, if he stays healthy. And, uh, I would put him up like Ole Miss uses a couple of guys and, but they're a great run team and, uh, it's just, it's just utilization. But, um, and, and he, he's got speed. I mean, he outran everybody on that 73 yard shovel pass and he's had, I mean, he is a, a, for a guy who was a receiver in high school. And we're talking about two years ago. Um, he has been phenomenal. I mean, he runs with great pad level. He's a tackle breaker. Uh this is the this is a Sam Pittman team on offense. Big O line, uh a big quarterback, dual threat, and ways to pound people.
3: Talking with Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and Whole Hog Sports. Tom, looking ahead to the Texas A and m game, uh Nia Smith and, and Devon H. Chain are the the two that Arkansas has to account for at all times, A and is leading the country right now in kickoff returns. We know that Nia Smith can be lethal at any point when he touches the football. How, how much do you think Barry Odom is going to account for those two when it comes to factoring the game plan? It's not Max Johnson isn't the best quarterback that they face to this point. When you have guys like that, it makes your job a little bit easier.
2: Yeah, and here's the thing: I know A and M has more weapons than the, those guys, like Muhammad and all, but. I, yeah, you have to scheme to prevent A-Chain from breaking loose. It's, it's like when A&M had Christian Kirk. Uh, Arkansas could not seem to keep the ball away from them. They score a late touchdown, they kick off, and Kirk returns it 100 yards. Uh, they're a lot better at touchbacks now. So, number one is Jake Bates giving you touchbacks um, to keep uh, the kick returns down. And then B, you know, rallying up on defense in the run game, they're going to throw swing passes and screens to these guys as well. So, um, you know, I think, if, I think if they're able to hold A-Chain and Smith to reasonable numbers, they've got a good chance to win this game.
3: And then on the other side of the football, A&M's coming in with the top 10 defense, and they're going to do their best to limit KJ and company. Is that a byproduct of who they played? Or based on what you've watched, does A&M have that talented a defense?
2: Oh, yeah, they're really good. Now, their secondary is tremendous. Um, they had 80-something plays run against them by Appalachian State. So, you know, in the fourth quarter, they just wore down a little bit, and the Mountaineers had some long drives. Uh, Miami passed the ball and just didn't get a lot going on them. Um, I do believe Arkansas presents a, a more balanced offensive challenge for them. So, I mean, look, it took, it took an 87-yard or 83-whatever-that-was um, Jefferson to Burke's touchdown to kind of loosen that game up. Last year, but it was still low scoring. So I don't know. Arkansas's got to be a, a, a better tackling team. They got to break tackles, and I think if they, I think if they're able to show some balance, um, they'll be able to score. You know, probably into the twenties on on a And M.
0: Got a couple big games in this league this week. Arkansas a And M being one, Tennessee, Florida being the other. Um, where I think everyone's got George and Bam at the top. We're as a, as a voter in the AP poll to these games uh, slot for you as far as trying to figure out kind of where things stand in the SEC. What does the, the winners of these games mean to you moving forward and how you lay out your ballot?
2: Right. You know, uh, y'all, y'all are well aware, everybody is, that there's been this long, season-long debate. Who's the number three team in the SEC? And it can vary from week to week. Kentucky's look really solid. Um, on our picks that we're doing in this in the sections on on Saturdays, we pick seven games a week, and I I picked them all right except one. So I'm twenty and one. My lone miss was the Kentucky at Florida game. I guess I got overhyped after Florida beat Utah, uh, but Kentucky could make a case for being number three. I do wish they played a schedule that more reflect like, you know, I, I just think the Western schedule's harder, and I felt like Arkansas was a better team than Kentucky last year. Uh, but look tennessee you can't deny the fact they've got a very very explosive offense hendon hooker is an efficient quarterback i mean he he's kept the ints way down in that system so if they if they route florida if they beat florida with any margin you could you could say they have a case arkansas mm-hmm. certainly does you know a&m they lost a non conference game but if they beat arkansas uh then you know they can start that argument too it's just a really really tough division i I wa- wa- wavered last week on the Mississippi State at LSU pick. I had Mississippi State early in the week, and then I just, I just felt like being at home. It'd be a real, it'd be a real challenge um, for, for Mississippi State to win that game. So um, I'm going on and on, but there's a lot of teams that could say, "Hey, we could be the third best." And quite honestly, some of them could beat, maybe beat Alabama. Yeah.
0: So, so where do you have Ole Miss in the mix? They haven't really had a difficult schedule. In fact, it's pretty soft until they play Kentucky, but yeah. they've been dominant. So how do how do you evaluate right now Ole Miss at this point?
2: Yeah, and I failed to mention them, but a very strong team. And, and they get the uh, the benefit of kind of building, building confidence, building what their schemes are, you know, settling out what the snaps will look like between Dart and Altmeyer, And uh, look at their schedule. Their first six games are like, Wow, you know, I'd love to play that six mm. games. You know, a road game at Georgia Tech. Maybe it looks good in the with the FBS, but Georgia Tech's just really struggling. So their first six aren't, you know, super tough. And then then they their their last six are really hard. Yeah. So they could make an argument right now as well.
0: They do get Kentucky as their their fifth game, but then Vanderbilt, like I said, in Auburn doesn't look to be that difficult, but the the, the really um, the the steep part of their schedule begins mid October. LSU, A and M, bye week, Bama, Arkansas, and the Egg Bowl to close. So we'll, <laughs> we'll know at the end what uh, what they're all about. Tom, yep.
2: go ahead. No, I'm just going to say it's it's just another wonderful SEC season. And what I like about where the Razorbacks are is I think they just have good coaches, and and uh, they're going to learn from what happened against. Missouri State, and uh, I think they're going to have a good game plan for this game Saturday.
3: Tom, we'll leave it there. Talk more about a And on Thursday, okay?
2: Sounds good. See y'all.
3: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
1: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent